Hey, you're listening to Data Plus Love. This week, I have with us a very special guest. They are a newly minted Tableau ambassador. But if you're like me, you've probably been a fan of his for a while. Um, much like Sam Parsons, he's of the school of curvy stuff. I welcome CJ Mays. How are you, CJ? I'm good, thanks. And thanks for having me on. I'm, uh, I'm very excited to be talking with you. So you and I talked once before, and it was sort of just a hey, let's get to know each other kind of thing, which I think more people should do. Like, I feel like we're missing out, you know, just sort of entering, interacting on uh, Twitter through, you know, short bursts of text. Uh, and uh, it was really enjoyable. So I'm, I'm happy to be talking with you again. So um, like I said, you are a brand new Tableau ambassador. The announcement was actually just made earlier this week. We're recording this in mid-September. Um, how does that feel? Like, is this something that that was sort of you were aspiring to? Is it something that you ever thought would happen? Like, what does it mean to you? Um, it's amazing. Um, and a lot of people do dream for kind of this moment. And I messaged a lot of people, congratulations, because it's so exciting for them. Um, to put a spin on it, I don't really do it for the ambassador tag. So, I, in fact, I don't do any of my goal setting in terms of status. It's normally development stuff. So a bit a lovely, a lovely recognition. Um, some of it's taken away. It's, it's just part of the journey. So when I go out and I look at your Tableau portfolio, once I get past the initial curviness, um, I see that a lot of your portfolio is based around the idea of you learning something through the project. So, uh, for example, you've got like a chord diagram uh, dashboard, which is like two chord diagrams, like one with straight lines with curvy lines. It's like a tasting menu of chord diagrams. Like what's, what's sort of your thought behind um, doing like these experimental uh, visits to learn a project or to learn a new skill? Curvy diagrams in general, just aesthetically pleasing. And I kind of went a bit wild with it, I must say. Um, there's so much out there to, to learn. So I started my journey very much like other people doing tutorials based on the twins Tableau Magic, um, the core diagram you're referencing is the Information Lab and Mark Reed and Luke Stank's um, tutorials. And I just kind of grew a love for it. I think something about the shape, it's not always the, the best practice, but something about it just, just really resonates with me. And then there's something great about, you know, getting a calculation to work where it's kind of been on your sheet and it's just been a jumbled mess, all these different chords. So then you finally, finally get the calculation correct and it just kind of appears on the page. And it's kind of one of those fist pump moments. Um, and that's kind of where it tailored towards. And I like, I like doing Tableau for the learning opportunities. You'll see across my dashboards, there's some that aren't probably the nicest design or you can tell there hasn't been a huge amount of input into the storytelling but i focus on small specific things with each dashboard be it calculations be it you know a new way of layering stuff and a new way of creating a different chart um and then there'll be some of the bigger pieces that are like meant to be the the showstoppers or the or the posters but yeah the continual learning is super important to me so I see you've like, if there's one thing you and I had in common, which may be all we have in common, because I think you and I sort of approach from very different angles. You are very much a, 
I'm approaching this project from I'm trying to learn something. And for me, I usually start with a topic or an idea um, and I sort of go from there. So we're starting from different points. But if there's one thing you and I have in, in common is a lot of our portfolios consist of like single chart visualizations where we sort of said, okay, I'm going to make a centerpiece. There may be something else on here. There may be some supporting text or you know, title graphics and that sort of thing. But I'm going to sort of take a single thing and try to make that exactly what I want it versus doing maybe five or six things um, and maybe one or two of those being exactly what I want and the other sort of being supporting. Not saying no one ever gets it completely right, like in their heads, but like it's sort of like uh, I think of it as a, uh, a cooking contest show where oftentimes they say, I want you to make me the absolutely best pasta dish you can. And then they decide, you know, I'm going to put a salad on the side. I'm going to put a salad here. And they put the salad on and the judge is like, well, I also have to judge your salad now. And your salad's not that great. The pasta was actually amazing. If you had just stuck with the pasta, you would have been the best this round. But I'm rambling here, obviously, quite a bit. But um, <laughs> what what's behind that? Like, do you, do you um, what's with why the single chart technique? Not that you don't do small multiples or other methods as well, but like, What's, where's, where's that coming from? Is that like a, hey, I'm, this is, again, going back to that specific technique I'm trying to learn, or is that more of a design aesthetic choice? Um, the cynic in me would just say, once you've done a, a big chart, you just think, oh, I wish this was over. Um, <laughs> the other part to me is I see the work of like Judy and, and Sam Parson, um, and they tend to do that in particular, and it's a case of you see what you like in the community and you try and emulate it in your own way, right? Um, so that's probably why I've dabbled with that. I think I think something new I've been doing a lot more is small multiples, which I hadn't actually considered about a year ago. Um, so I think that's going to be my kind of new phase, if it were. I think uh, you you have uh, Bo McCready, your fellow new ambassador, to challenge for the small multiples crown. That's sort of uh, his his battlefield. So you're so you're wading into that. But I think that's that's a very valid choice. And I think what you were saying about you know I've already done one big chart. I feel like I'm done. I think there's a lot of truth to that. I mean, you know, we're we're being a little cheeky in how we talk about that. But I know for me, on most of my personal data visualization projects. I, I have sort of self-imposed timelines, whether it be, hey, I really want to create something this week, like this is what my topic is, and I might, might iterate on that for a while. But a lot of times, I mean, uh, I've said my Iron Viz entry last year was the most work I've ever put in any public work, at least. It was like 35 hours long. And that's not what I prefer to do. Like, um, if you think about uh, sketching, for example, and if you were trying to draw something like your drawing is never necessarily complete, you could always add more, like you can always keep going. And it's sort of a self-imposed restraint, a constraint of mind to say, okay, I've done enough on this. Like this is, this is where I basically want it. I could nitpick it forever, but like, let's put it out. Let's, let's set it free. And then I'm going to move on to something new. Yeah, exactly that. Um, just a wheel back, obviously, congratulations to Bo and many of the other people that participate, especially in the Sports with Sunday stuff. So shout out to those. Another person that done map players quite well um, is Simon Rowe. So I've taken a lot of inspiration from, from him. In terms of the um, building up small small pieces of work and allocating time and whatnot, I'm thinking of doing more of a series on you know, precisely that, just kind of half-baked ideas that I think 
other people in the community might be able to kind of steal and run run with it. The idea of, you know, maybe just different shapes, objects, stylings, but not really apply it to any data set. I think some of my most exciting stuff I do is just in development and literally making columns of the alphabet and random numbers, like the most simple templates you could probably create and then trying to apply something weird and wacky over the top of it. So I'm thinking of more going down that style and route and just publishing ideas as opposed to dashboards. I think I think there's a lot to be said for that. I mean, I think uh, data visualization comes in all shapes and sizes and particularly like the self-practice, like it is what you want it to be. Like I know there's all sorts of best practices books and you know, I'm a, I'm a big fan of a lot of them and I'm a big fan of the uh, the advocates of that, like Steve Wexler and Andy Cockreave. But at the end of the day, like data is sort of a medium rather than a style or a look. So it really is what you want it to be. So if, you know, you're working on projects and you're like, hey, I want to uh, experiment, like, you know, pointillism uh, didn't just like happen as an art form. Someone was experimenting one day and saying, hey, can I make convincing images just from small dots like clustered in different densities with different weights on them and it turned out to work so i think there's there's a lot of nobility and sort of stretching the medium and stretching yourself by trying uh, new things in that realm shout out to those guys that write books i i think that would be far too long a project for myself so i'm glad they do it but it's um exciting that you raise that point because it comes in many forms now. I mean, you've got your podcast. I've seen multiple YouTubes up now. Zifa has a YouTube. Um, Tim's been doing YouTube for ages. I think the different resources that you can learn from, the amount of blogs that have been increasing. Uh, I've seen newer members to the community like Barney blogging. Priyanka's just been going crazy with the blogs. So it's exciting to see all the different ways that people are translating information now as well. I agree with that. It's exciting to see the the foreign different people's passions take both in how it sort of manifests in terms of the output, but also the topics that people choose to tackle, whether it's sort of, you know, history or medicine or, you know, in your case, sports quite a bit. Um, in terms of sports, are you a fan of particular teams and sports or just a fan of sports in general? A bit of a mixture, a bit of a mixture. I'm going to go with it depends. Uh, I support Man United and I never hear the end of it from Simon. And he always no doubt texts me when Man United lose, which is fantastic. <laughs> um, but I'm, I'm a fan of, of watching success and, and champions in general. That's probably my glory hunter in me, but that's kind of, <laughs> uh, for example I, I spend a lot of my downtime watching sports documentaries because it's exciting to see people's lives and what they credit success and success isn't always obviously winning because um, last night I was watching one on uh, Marty Fish tennis tennis pro and he was kind of relating to how he never really reached the the very top because of the other other competitors of that really did very, did very well. Um, and talking about his mental health background, which was just great. Um, so I, I do enjoy all sports and the Olympics just been, I love that. I love watching random sports that I know nothing about pretty much all American sports. 
Um, but yeah, just in general, to be honest. First of all, I'm going to start off by saying the one thing I know about Man United, which is you now have Ronaldo, uh, Cristiano Ronaldo, which means you're obviously <laughs> never going to lose again. Um, and also, I'm going to take a shot at Simon and say he just did a collaboration with you on Man United. So what was that like on work, working with Simon, who uh, obviously works with me at JLL? Um, I, I got to I have to like drop that. Yeah, I'm 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 obligated. Like, am I good now, Paul? Like, I'm good. I'm jo I'm joking, obviously. But um, working with Simon on this Man United biz, which I think I actually called out in his episode not too long ago when he was on. Um, so have you always been a Man United fan? Is that from childhood or is that something as you sort of, you know, picked your club as you got older? No, that, that was since childhood and I just haven't changed it. To be honest, I'm not too fussed about the football. Like I will watch you on, watch you on the weekend if I've got nothing else to do. Um, it's, it's funny you should mention the collab because I did recently uh, listen to that episode. I happened to be back home and I showed my mum and she was super excited listening in as well. So once this is done, I'm going to have to forward this to her. Um, hey, Mrs. Mays. <laughs> Hi, mum. But on the, on the collaboration with Simon, I think it's, it's, my, it's been my favourite. In fact, it's probably one of my favourite visits completely. But Simon was, was great um, to collab with. He, he has a real sense of storytelling and he understands, he understands the data and, and sees beyond, you know, what I can do in just prettiness. He, he really knows what the story is, how to show it, how to tell it, and what, what graphs are really suitable for that. Um, and I think it translated so well. Um, what I particularly love is it's jam-packed full of information, that is. Um, but there's very little blurbage on the, on the page you really have to kind of sit there and just and look at each of the separate games um, and then hover over it or over the, the minor details to, to see what's going on but yeah that's that was one of my favorites so shout out to simon so if you haven't seen this visualization it's on cj's portfolio and it is embracing the small multiple style that he's been talking about so if you're somehow listening to this, I'm going to assume that's just like my mom and CJ's mom who are listening to this and don't know what we're talking about. Small multiples means many versions of the same or similar chart. Um, in this case, uh, the top portion of the page represents home games and the bottom represents away games. And each of these little charts represents um, the basically flow of the games. So they were able to create something that uh, tells a lot of little stories across the page all at once. Um, so it's a very clever way of sort of embracing the big idea of this entire season for Man United in a single page, but not just being like a spreadsheet, because that would be the temptation of, you know, the uh, the sort of sports geek. Like if you think about uh, this is going to be a novel to you, but at American baseball games, I say that now I realize there's probably not non-American baseball. I mean, I know there's the baseball World Series and like but that's really just mostly North America, right? Like it's not, you know, anyway, rambling. So there, there's like this phenomenon of like the baseball dad. And it's like, there are these guys that come to games and they basically just have a blank stats sheet and they just sit there throughout the game and write down all the, you know, all the different, all the different stats throughout the games. And they collect these and keep them. And sometimes they like hand them down in the family. Like they, 
I don't know if anyone else is really looking forward to receiving them, but like it's it's a thing. Like I I would think I would see that as a burden personally. My dad's not doing that to me clearly. Sorry if your dad is people. Anyway, uh, is there anything like that in UK sports? Um, no, but someone should tell them there's probably an API for that now, so they don't need to go away and do that. Um, not not that I can imagine. I mean, you've probably got some grumpy football managers writing down some garbage on their on their notepads, but no one's no one's stat scoring. I can't imagine. So, what is your dream data set like? I mean, looking at your portfolio, obviously, we've talked a lot about sports and how that's one of your big interests. Would like would it be a dream job for you to work for a sports club or team or like an entire league or something, or is that just something you sort of enjoy as a passion project on the side? I would never rule that sort of thing out. I think data in general, to to take a holistic view, you can do data anywhere, right? (laughs) This is me selling myself to every single company now. But data in general, you know, you can do anywhere. It's more so the people around you. So if I was to join a sports team, what would that team look like? Who's in it? What's the size? How do they interact? What what do they care about as actual people? Um, the if I was to join a sports team, honestly, the sport would be secondary. You know, there's some really great like real estate management companies out there that have three Zen masters and twelve ambassadors. And I hear like if you put my name when you apply, if you get hired, I get money for that. Um, so that's also a viable option. I'm, I'm speaking mostly from, for me. Um, but yeah, should anyone decide to apply to such a place and decide to put my name, like I wouldn't be against that. I'm, I'm just putting that out there. Uh, just, just hypothetically, that's a hypothetical out there. Um, but yeah, no, I understand like uh, culture and sort of, you know, people talk broadly about culture and like, it's sort of vague and at times it can sort of be seen as talking about culture like being toxic because it's like oh that could mean like we're, you're being exclusionary but i i know i definitely know what you mean of like the the culture of like hey these these are sort of like what this team is about like hey we're about learning and we're about supporting each other and we're about uh you know creating a, a environment for growth where that's a a value that's seen as worthy and you see that so many times when there are a lot of organizations that maybe don't have those same kind of values and like they might even say it sometimes like hey we support growth but it's like there, there's no time for you to grow there's no support for you to you know take classes or to get certifications and those kinds of things so like working in an environment like that where you it's not just something that you personally care about but it's a value supported from the very top like hey we want to support you as a person to get better at what you do even if ultimately that makes you more marketable to other people like having you here and having you growing and learning, even if it ultimately means that you might leave, hopefully not, um, that's that's a value worth supporting. Yeah, there's, I can't remember where I read it, but it was the, the saying of, oh, what if we invest in our employees and they leave? And then someone kind of turned around and goes, well, what if we don't invest in our, our employees and they stay? Um, <laughs> But yeah, going back to the culture thing, it's it's definitely top down as well as bottom up, um, and sometimes it's difficult to find that blend in between. Um, everyone has their own ideas, but it needs to be a two way street for it to be done correctly, right? 
Absolutely. So I wanted to go back and revisit something that we started with, and that was the discussion about uh, being a Tableau ambassador and how it wasn't something that you were pursuing, but something you were honored to have. And I wanted to put this out there both for for you and for you know the new incoming class of ambassadors. This is my second year, so I just got invited back for a second round. Um, but also for many of those that might be disappointed with how things went this time, um, because you know, obviously this is the biggest class we've ever had. There's now CRM ambassadors. There's all sorts of ambassadors, public uh, forums, all kinds. Um, and I I know how it can really sting and be discouraging to see people honored. And sometimes like, especially if you've been having a banner year and you've been out there and you know, you've been supporting others and creating like really valuable input. You've been participating in the community and you might feel left out. And I wanted to say like, I've, I've felt that feeling in the past myself. There was, uh, when I first started getting involved with the Tableau community, I think it might've been Ann Jackson was the first person I realized was a Tableau ambassador. I had no idea what it meant at the time. And I'm like, wow, like Anne's really cool and she's really active and like just helps other people and is genuinely kind and uplifting. It's like, whatever that is, like, that's something I like, you know, I sort of want to support this thing. So as I became more active in the community and started to see sort of peers of mine get recognized with it, like, it was something I sort of, you know, I honestly, I aspired to be an ambassador more than I ever aspired to be a Tableau Zen master. Like even to this day, between the having received both of those uh, honors, um, ambassador meant more to me because it sort of meant like, this is something of the people like, you know, you, you're invested in this community and you want to help others and you want to be sort of actively involved in, you know, promoting others work and, and being a, a sort of cheerleader. And that's, uh, what I always wanted. So I know how it stings if it was something you were looking forward to and didn't get, and I don't know, um, I can't make anyone feel better about that if it didn't happen for you this time. Like, that's for sure. Like, there's nothing I can say because it sucks. But what I can say is I know for me, when I was really hopeful that it might happen for me one year and it didn't, I sort of took some time and I started thinking about like, why I do what I do and what I love about it. And I sort of realized, you know, it's like, look, I've got the stuff I like and I'm going to start just doing that even more. Like, regardless of if anyone else ever notices, like if I ever find an audience, if it ever matters to anyone, I'm going to do the thing that I really like doing and I'm going to try to get good at it. But even if I'm only doing it for me, at least I'll have known, hey, I was having some fun. And that's kind of the angle I've, I took and have taken ever since. So whether it's this podcast or it's my public visualizations, there's going to be a lot of people that do stuff a lot better than me. And CJ is one of them. I'll tell you that. Like... As much as people like to see he's shaking his head, like you're you're not going to see this, but he's he's extremely modest. But CJ is extremely good at this, and his designs are incredibly sharp. And I wish I could put out that kind of stuff, but I can't. I can put out what Zach Bowders can put out. But I'm trying to be a better Zach Bowders every day. And in the process of this, hopefully I've gotten a little bit better. Um, and maybe I'll have shown some other people that, hey, like you can be a better version of you. Like I think... Uh, one of the best honors I ever got was I won the Vizzy for greatest growth, which if you're feeling low self-esteem, can feel like, hey, you suck less than you used to, which admittedly, I feel that way plenty. But like having other people recognize that you've been working hard and growing is a really big honor. And I want to say to CJ, like, even though you're fairly new on the scene, like you came in with a big splash and you've had a very sort of really formed vision of 
what your values are in terms of what you put out there in terms of your work, in terms of how you interact with others. And I, I always appreciate that. And I know others look up to you too. It's funny you should say that. I don't know if you look at my website at all, probably not. Um, but I do have my values and visions listed on there because I think it's really important to re-emphasize to yourself kind of what your past looks like, what's important to you in that moment. And those values can change over time, but I think you have kind of a, a life, life values and then kind of some sub kind of secondary values to it. And one of them is being incrementally better each day and focusing on that development aspect. Um, one other thing that you mentioned that I think is quite important to pick up on is, you know, the, the idea of relativity. Um, you know, I, I've kind of blush and also shake my head simultaneously when you say, well, I'm better than you at certain things. I just think like, not at all. Um, we kind of need to move away from this idea of comparing ourselves because there's, you know, I, I don't even aim to be the best. I think 10,000 hours focusing on something to be a professional at it is, is wasted time. What's that like three, three years every day, just doing it for eight hours. I think I'd rather be average or just a little bit better than average at a lot of things. Um, I was reading this book by Stephen Bartlett, Happy Sexy Millionaire, and he's the ex-CEO of Social Chain. He, he talks about he got nominated for an award um, to say that he was the best at marketing or something. He said there's far better people at marketing out there. It just happens to be that he was very good at a select few of different things that kind of all played into one another, and it was the the law of averages and he happened to be the, the best at something by being the best at nothing, which I just thought that kind of resonates with me um, because, yeah, the, the community is great, but you'll, you'll probably dampen your own mood if you start comparing yourself to other people because I could name millions of people that are better at design than me, better at storytelling, better, better at template making, better at crazy, whizzy 3D charts than me. Um, but you know, you just got to focus on what you can bring to the table, what excites you and continue that path really. I, I couldn't agree more. Um, I've sort of said to some friends of mine, sort of, I don't know if I've ever said this on here, but, um, I sort of wanted to build a pirate ship for myself in the sense that I'm like, look, I'm going to create my own happiness. Um, and I may never get anything for it. Like ambassador might never happen. I'm definitely never going to be a Zen master. Um, but if I'm doing what I want and that sort of brings me joy and like maybe like five other people like it, that would be great too. Um, but I'm going to keep trying new things. I'm going to, you know, put my wacky ideas out there. Some will hit, some will miss. Usually the ones that hit are not the ones you think. And the ones that you think are almost never the ones um, that, that only works for Bo McCready again. Like uh, Bo, Bo puts stuff on, on Reddit and it gets 40,000 views. Like he's the, he's the only one that's figured it out. You're not going to figure it out. But like the, the gist of it is like if you're hoping to, to sort of uh, get fulfillment from someone else, like if you're hoping that, you know, getting, um, you know, an, an honorarium of some kind is going to sort of 
satisfy you, I can promise you it's not. Like, um, if if you're not able to sort of find your own happiness in sort of, I think you know we talk about happiness a lot. Really, there's sort of uh, satisfaction. I think is maybe how we need to pivot our mindsets. Um, because, you know, going back to my talk about a pirate ship, like whether or not I ever got anything out of it, I knew that I was going to like what I was doing and that I was going to keep doing it and that I was going to improve and sort of grow and, and find satisfaction in that. Um, it has gotten me some honorariums, but one of the benefits of sort of having your your own sort of career or emotional pirate ship is that these honorariums aren't going to be here forever. Like I'm not going to be a Tableau ambassador in 10 years likely. And, and, you know, I could potentially be a Zen master and eventually enter the hall of fame. I don't know. I might not be back next year. That could happen. Uh, but I'm realistic about that. And like, I'm not going to be destroyed if it does. Um, because I, I still know who I am. I still know what I'm going to be doing. And, you know, there'll be some egg on my face a little bit. I'd be a little bit embarrassed if I weren't back next year, but it's not going to be the end of the world in the same way that like, if it never happened, it wasn't the end of the world. I mean, I was excited. I called my mom. I told my wife, but you know, I'm okay. You heard it here first. If that doesn't get Tableau Zen, he's quitting the podcast next year. <laughs> I'm burning it all down. Like yeah. I, I'm changing the, I'm changing the title. Like it's just going to be, Oh man, I'm going to be like the Domo podcast. Like it's just going to be me and the three people that work at Domo. I have no idea what you're on about. <laughs> okay, so uh, for context, I think it was uh, the year before my first conference in Houston, Tableau, rather than having a single venue, rented out a series of venues and then you had to walk between them. And there's a competitive a competitor BI company called Domo that bought up all the space in between. So as everyone walked from one Tableau thing to the other, they had to pass through like Domo giving out free swag, like trying to get like, at one point, I think it might have been day to night out. Domo brought in Snoop Dogg. <laughs> so it's, 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 it's the kind of stuff you would make up if you were parodying like the ridiculousness of Silicon Valley and how they're just willing to throw away money on the idea that some executive in charge of purchasing will see Snoop Dogg and say, yeah, I'll go with this company instead. Like that, that was the mindset behind like the big Domo push, I think of uh 2017 or 2016, but yeah, I'm, it's going to become the Domo podcast. So just be warned. <laughs> That's hilarious. But no with special I'm, guest Snoop Dogg. I'll be good. Well, saying that, Looking forward to the conference and general events, hopefully in person. Be good to put some 3D faces together at some point in the future. Albeit this year, probably not. But it, You'll get to find out just how fat all of us are after having been mostly stationary for the better part of two years, which will be surprising to all of us just how, just how fat we all are. Um, but you know, we all know. Yeah, I think don't say moment maybe, but. <laughs> oh man. So let me tell you, I've, I've really enjoyed talking to you today. I really look forward to seeing uh, your next collaboration because I really enjoyed your work with Simon. Are you planning any more collaborations in the near future? Oh, um, yes and no. I've got a few in mind. A few that haven't really kind of gone further than a, hey, we should do a collab, which is quite an odd one. But 
Um, I'm hoping to actually collaborate probably on a few blogs moving forward as well. I've kind of got a more of a love for blogging just because it's a good way of giving back and sharing ideas. So I'm hoping to reach out to a few people and either do a kind of a paired blog or a guest blog of some sort and collaborate through that means, um, as opposed to maybe, you know, your more formal dashboarding collaborations. That'd be fun. I think different kind of projects uh, stretch different kind of muscles. So anytime you have to explain something, you know that you know what you're talking about, or at the very least, you have to learn what you're talking about before you explain it to the next person. Because it's really difficult to execute on an idea and show someone else how to do it if if you're not sure yourself. <laughs> Wiser words have not been spoken. I'm very good at stating the obvious. <laughs> so let me ask you this cj before we wrap up today is there anybody you'd like to shout out or anything you would like to promote just anything go visit cj-maze.com that's um, well i should probably end with a, a a nicer sentiment than that really um, you're going heartfelt okay fine <laughs> just want to say bye to my mom and thanks for listening no, I'd, I'd probably want to kind of circle back and just to your point about ambassadors. Um, I won't mention any any names because there are a few that missed out on, on the title and I'm sure if they ever listen to this, they'll know that I'm speaking for them. Um, but, you know, it's, it's not what it's all about. And I'm, obviously you, you may be dismayed at the fact that you didn't get in the community think you do. And I think nominations go a long way. And I really loved actually that I saw a few people just say like on Twitter, thanks for even nominating me because, you know, the community appreciate you, albeit, you know, it might not have been formally recognised. It is still recognised and everyone's effort in the community is, you know, well respected and loved. So that's what I'd probably like to end on. Amazing. CJ? Thanks for coming on, man. Cheers for having me. Data Plus Love is recorded and produced by Zach Bowders. Our music track is We Are Legends by Alex Stoner. Hey, you're still here. Um, you're probably waiting for like the next podcast uh, to kick in, probably something better. Um, thanks for hanging on. Anyway, if you're picking up what we're putting down, uh, consider buying us a cup of coffee on ko-fi.com slash D-A-T-A-P-L-U-S-L-O-V-E. Um, just, you know, drop $3 in our tip bucket. It helps us buy better equipment. It helps us uh, pay for razor blades to keep me from looking like a wolfman. And it keeps uh, Mark's head looking so shiny and beautiful. Anyway, thanks for listening. We'll never put anything behind a paywall. And thanks to your patronage. Have a great day. Hey, thanks for sticking around to the end. I really appreciate you listening to the Data Plus Love podcast. If you'd like to see more about what we're up to with the show, go to anchor.fm slash data plus love. Just spell it out, not a literal plus sign. Here you'll be able to see our library of episodes as well as interact with them either through polls or comments or leave a voicemail message that I'll put on an episode. 
You can interact with me personally by joining me on Twitter. I'm at Zach Bowders, not hard to hunt down. And if you like what you're hearing, consider leaving a tip for us or signing up for a small monthly donation at our ko-fi.com slash data plus love. Buying a cup of coffee for the show is just $3, and you can get more if you choose, or sign up to give that $3 or more monthly. Either way, I really appreciate it. Lastly, if you'd like to see more of my public data viz work, check me out on Tableau Public. So go to public.tableau.com and search for Zach Bowders. I'm the only one. You won't have trouble finding me. I promise. So thanks again for hanging on to the end of the show. I really appreciate all of your listens. And until next time, this has been Zach Bowders for the Data Plus Love Network. 